Episode 12 of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. This is Nick Poulos. Welcome back to the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Today we have with us Raphael Cardi, currently the founder and CEO of Kalita Energy and formerly the head of marketing at DealerTrack, uh, amongst other roles in the past. How's it going today, Raphael? It's going good. How are you? Doing very well. Well, uh, so for all our listeners out here, why don't we just lead off if you give a couple quick minutes on, on your background and your past couple roles. Okay, sure. I've been in software pretty much my whole career. Started off in product management at HP, um, did a number of marketing roles, um, head of marketing for a startup, Certco, for information security software. And I tried a different slanted things. I taught marketing for a while at Harvard Business School. Um, most recently, I am working on a, a new startup in the commercial real estate space, Kalita Energy, optimizing energy in buildings. And today I can talk a little about my experiences in vertical marketing, both here and earlier when I was head of marketing for DealerTrack, a SaaS company in the automotive space. Awesome. Uh, well, we will dive in in just a second, but I also wanted to just touch really quickly on your first experience in sales, which was what? First experience in sales, I was nine years old selling newspapers and I was trying to get customers to not cancel their subscription. So an early experience with attrition or churn. <laughs> yeah. Early churn reduction. Did you use any software when you were nine years old? No software, but I was always looking for a better solution. <laughs> if I had some, I would have tried it. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, well, so I'd like to, uh, to kind of start with, with you know, an experience that we've, we've talked with a little bit, which was you know, early on when you came, when you came to dealer track and you, know, you looked at you know, your different channels for lead generation, you thought about qualification. Um, so what, what I'd like to do is just have you maybe describe, you know, kind of this, the scene when you arrived and, and how you thought about it. Sure. I mean, first off, we were, we were doing really well. We were, our sales were growing rapidly. Um, they had, we had a good source of leads into the sales force. But as we looked at things, um, I thought we could do some things even more effectively and efficiently. Um, one thing is we looked at the variety of different ways we were generating leads. We were doing something of everything, um, whether it was a combination of email marketing, faxes, webinars, advertising, you know, really all of the major touch points were being used. But I wanted to sort of drill down a little bit and say, which are our most effective techniques? And so we did really looked at the conversion rates and we looked at what kind of um, pushback we might be getting either from sales or customers through opt-outs to see which channels really were being perceived as the, the best ones for customers to participate through. But we came out of this analysis was a recognition that some channels were working much better than others. Um, email marketing was working well, but we saw an opportunity to take that with some additional A-B testing and targeting and get even better returns out of it. Um, some channels we decided to stop. We were sometimes faxing things to dealers. And that was just a really, 
you know, low quality in terms of the conversion rates and also some customer pushback and opts outs. And then some channels like webinars, I thought were being underutilized. Um, what we were doing at this point was doing them on a regional basis and doing them sort of one product at a time. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of what we were trying to do at Dealer Track was to cross sell. Almost every dealer in America um, had our new car dealer, had our credit application in there to do online credit apps. And that was a free app. It was a free app. Yep. And it was incredibly you know, well penetrated in the market. But we had a whole bunch of SaaS software offerings that we wanted to do with these customers to help them in their F&I area, finance, their sales area, their inventory area. We had products that could really automate every different part of the dealership, subscription products. And the key thing was how could we take these touch points we already had and convert them to new products and sales to automate the whole dealership? Yep. So, you know, you had a, a lot of different products. Obviously, this is a vertical market. Um, as, as most of our listeners probably know, we're, we're selling software into auto dealerships, but plenty of different functions. And we're, we're trying to understand, you know, how do you cross-sell those products? And, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, how do you continue to generate leads uh, cold and also from existing customers? Um, so, you know, just to reiterate, you're taking a look at, you know, email Facts, um, huge surprise that Facts wasn't 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 the big winner in terms of channels, and and webinars. And so webinars is actually what what we want to dig into today here, um, because you know I think there's a really interesting story behind that. Um, so I guess how how were webinars set up uh, when when you kind of came on board and and kind of what was your initial thinking process uh, around making the best use of those for the purposes of of lead gen. Sure. I mean, webinars um, were effective. Um, the issue was that they were not being used as much as they could be. Um, basically, what had been worked out was that webinars were done on a regional basis in conjunction with that sales region. And they weren't done very frequently. It was sort of one product at a time, maybe one per month. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two issues there. One is, as we did our evaluation of different lead sources, webinars turned out, in terms of conversions, to be by far the highest quality leads. We were getting three, and sometimes even more, three times the the, the quality of the leads in terms of good conversions. So the first thing we said is, how do we shift some of our marketing spend and our marketing effort to a much better channel for us? So as we did that, we went and worked with the sales and said, if we can give you more better quality leads, can you work with us to take advantage of them? The answer was yes. So webinars went from being regional to being national, Webinars were being done for multiple products, not one product at a time. So let's just give you three of our three of our products that were really important in our product line. One was inventory management, one was around compliance, and another was around the dealer management system, sort of the ERP for the dealership. We could do a webinar on each of those products all in the same month. Yep. So just to take a step back one one second. So when you originally came in, you know, webinars were, were quite effective. But you know you you weren't doing too many of them. You were kind of only doing webinars on on one one product at a time, um, and so really you just felt like you weren't kind of taking advantage. You, you you basically just said, look, hey, I mean we're we're getting better conversion out of these. Let's just step them up. Step one, make it make it national. Step two, do it on more products. Was that the the case? Yeah, both um, yep. more products because we didn't feel that doing a webinar on one of our key products 
at the same in the same time frame as another one was competing with each other because you may have a different person in the dealership that cares about the inventory management product and a different person who cares about a, you know, a finance or sales solution and, and a different person who's focused on the dealer management system. So we felt there was an opportunity to tell our story um, to the customer, maybe different parts of the dealership or just different uh, occasions to look at a new solution. So yep. we, we could just basically not hit them maybe with as many emails for a conversion on a certain product and move them to webinars. Yep. Um, so you know, one other interesting thing here, you know, that you've, you've mentioned is, you know, in, in this, this is obviously a vertical market, um, you know, kind of leads are looking to, you know, I guess why, why were, why were leads interested in webinars? Why do you think it, it, it you know, converted particularly well? Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a few things there. Yeah. I mean, one is the webinars were definitely not a hard sell thing. The mm -hmm. webinars were positioned as here is information on improving the way you run your dealership. Yep. Let's just give an example. Compliance. Compliance was a huge issue for our dealers. There was new regulation and this was the thing that could cause them to lose their whole business. Mm -hmm. So as these regulations were being rolled out, they were hungry for information on how do I stay on top of situations where I could be at risk for loss of business. So we, these webinars are positioned are let's help you to understand the regulation. Let's help you to understand what the processes are you need to have in place so that you do detect those red flags yep. that are potentially going to cause you a compliance issue. So it was very much an educational um, and, and being done by people who are experts. We either had our hmm. product line executives or product line managers who really understood the space, really understood what the key business challenges were, conduct the webinar. It wasn't just somebody going through a slide deck. And in some cases, not just compliance, we even had an industry expert, our in-house associate counsel, associate general counsel, who was recognized throughout the auto industry as an expert in that area. So the combination of informative educational content delivered by acknowledged experts, product line expert, product executive, industry yep. expert, and as well as um, really you know good, good sort of point. At the very end of it, we didn't just say, here's the problem, here's ways to think about it. We then talked about solutions. Yep. But it, the whole thing wasn't a product pitch. It was only after we've educated people to what their issue was did we talk about the kind of ways they could address it. And we did have some very effective tools for those needs. Got it. So I guess to, to reiterate, it wasn't, wasn't necessarily like a – it wasn't an inside salesperson just doing a 30-minute demo. It was more no. like a – it was more like a kind of Gartner style webinar, like come and, you know, edify yourself and grow as a, you know, as a leader in the auto industry. Um, exactly. I mean, yeah. basically to, to get the decision makers and the people to come with an open mind, we didn't want it to be a sales pitch. We yep. really wanted it to be, we really trying to cultivate a deeper relationship with the customer and be more of the consultative partner and really say, you know, we can help demystify this whole thing about compliance or we can yep. introduce you to new ways to manage your inventory. And really sort of, as, as we deepen that relationship, increase our opportunity, as you mentioned earlier, for some more cross-sell, and um, but in a partnership type approach. Yep. And so, you know, on that point about cross-sell, so, I, I, so I, I guess I assume you had people kind of sign up, you know, could have 
could have been through a campaign or an email, but but a lot a lot through your your site as well. Or yeah, we we yeah. got people at the webinars a whole bunch of ways. We did site promotion. Our customers were logging in every day from the homepage yep. on our on our public site. So we promoted things right there. We did emails, and even of our salespeople sometimes would recommend them to their customers. Um, regardless of the source, and we used all the ways to promote the webinar. The people we attracted, given the subject matter, given the way the pro the topic was discussed, and given that these were highly salient topics and experts, we got a very high quality response. We didn't have people who were just you know clicking on a link. We had people there on the webinar who had a real interest in that topic and potentially decision makers too. Yep, got it. Um, and so I, I think there's an interesting point just to draw out there, which is that you, know, you guys saw these webinars as an opportunity to kind of nurture and, and even cross-sell existing customers, right? So you weren't necessarily just going out and saying, hey, you know, cold, cold sales lead, uh, you know, guy that clicked on an ad, you were, you were, somebody was logging into the, you know, the platform, seeing this opportunity to say, hey, come, come see this webinar on compliance, and, and maybe you'll cross-sell them your inventory management product. Exactly. We did both. There yep. were some promotions for the webinar, which actually brought in new customers. Yep. But given that most of the dealers in America had a, had the credit app already on, on the online credit app already installed, it was very rare that we got a dealer to a webinar who had never seen DealerTrack's sure. online credit app. Yep. But it was a huge opportunity to cross sell both to get a customer who was just using the free credit app to now buy a monthly subscription for inventory management, yep. a monthly subscription for compliance, a monthly subscription for dealer management systems. And if they have one of those, to get another one. So we could get, you know, we wanted our customers to have at least two of our major subscription products, at least two, in addition to the credit app. And these webinars help move us toward that goal, multi-touch points throughout the dealership. Cool. Now, did you, did you often see existing customers so say you had you know a customer that already had your inventory management product come and do a webinar about inventory right so it's it's almost also a form of customer success uh you know or, or kind of churn mitigation to have people on there right yeah we, we did see that sometimes because the educational aspect mm -hmm. um most of the participants were looking for a we're solution right. or they could be using a competitor's solution and okay. they're looking around yep. um but i think you're right sometimes we really anyone who's interested could come to the webinar we you know made it available to our customers and some of them did learn some things about the product but i do think it helped us in competitive situations especially in inventory inventories where we had some competitive action in the market and through our webinars we were oftentimes able to tell a better story sure. same thing with our dealer management system we had a product that could you know do the things that some other competitors did for less than half the money yep and our webinars sort of helped them to sort of do a comparison shop and say oh why am i spending all this money when i could be doing it for less than half with the same or even better functionality so yep. we definitely were using them as a competitive sales tool away from our competition. Awesome. Um, let's just talk for just a sec about kind of the nitty gritty details about how, how you set up these webinars. So, um, you know, just, if you could just tell us real quick, you know, how, I guess, what was an optimal length and kind of how did you break that down? Was it a, a, a screen share? Uh, just those, you know, those details. Yeah, I mean, we found that, you know, an optimal length 
and it could vary. But an optimal sure. length was about an hour. could be a little longer. Yep. Um, no less than 45 minutes. I mean, really, because we wanted to have the opportunity to do a few different things. One was to cover some conceptual information about the topic. Mm -hmm. So we were planning to have maybe like about a half an hour, 45 minute presentation, but then have enough time to get questions yep. and to give people an opportunity to really, you know, ask the expert. So I would say about an hour, mm -hmm. no less than 45 minutes, um, no longer than an hour and a half. I mean, that's about it. But I, around an hour was, was a good was a good sort of target for most of our webinars. Got it. Um, and then in terms of who was leading the webinar, so I believe you mentioned you had your, uh, you know, uh, counsel who was an industry expert on, on compliance at one point. Um, you know, did you often have various people throughout the organization pitch in? Did you ever have kind of outside experts? I guess, you know, obviously you could have your counsel doing every single one of them, but how did you kind of manage <laughs> um, that? Yeah, I'll talk about that was kind of a special case for us. We had the good fortune that our associate general counsel, um, one of them was a really industry-recognized expert in compliance. Mm -hmm. So when we would have him do a webinar, it was almost like inviting that expert from Gartner or Forrester to come and talk about the topic because he wasn't perceived as just dealer track. Right. He was a guy people listened to across the industry. So that was our probably our, 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 biggest, our biggest draw on a certain you know, industry name. But we had product executives product line executives in our business who were very well known to our dealers. And when we had, you know, the head of inventory or the head of compliance or the head of dealer management system speak to this to the market mm -hmm. and to the types of problems customers encountered and the kinds of solutions out there, they had tremendous credibility because we were known in the industry to be leaders in those spaces. So yep. it was really um, product line executives or product line managers and when we could, like in the compliance case, get a sort of an industry expert as well. Great. We never had to pay someone to do a webinar. I mean, there's people <laughs> out there who pays experts to come in and do a webinar. Yep. We had folks on our team who could command the respect of our customer base and draw that we didn't, we didn't have to go pay for um, speakers. Awesome. Um, so, you know, in terms of how you then lot, you know, look to follow up with, uh, you know, these leads post-webinar, um, you know, maybe if you could just talk a little bit about that, um, you know, in, in the in the frame of, you know, continuing to nurture and qualify these leads. Yeah. In fact, let me set that up. Another point is the webinars were getting such a good response that, you know, we really said to your point, you know, how, how do we take it to the next step? How do we track? How do we qualify and make certain that these really high quality leads were panning out to sales? Yep. So, I mean, one example is in one of our product areas. With the webinars being ramped up, we actually got like a over 100% growth in qualified leads in a quarter. It was wow. just phenomenal what these things could do for us. So we then we started looking at, okay, what do we do with these leads once we have them? Um, we saw that, you know, just out of the way the organization had grown, mm -hmm. um, we weren't necessarily getting, in all cases, the best tracking information or the best qualification of those leads. Sometimes the people qualifying the leads, it wasn't their day job. You know, they were right. doing something else. So yep. what we did was we formed a very small group within marketing to really kind of make a, a science out of this, um, make, make a science out of this lead qualification process. Yep. And essentially what we did was a few things there. We had training and scripting so that we would have the people who were doing lead qualification um, 
working off of a script, not just winging it. It used to be the folks doing it were, were sort of just on their own, you know, best idea of how to get this customer to move forward. Right. So we had formal training, we had a script, we got the tracking information, and we took them through a series of qualifying questions. Do we have a decision maker? Do you have budget? You know, mm -hmm. are we in the right product area to direct this person to? Coming out of that, there were a number of benefits. Um, one thing coming out of it was we were able to track every single lead that went through this process. Yep. There was never a, a problem where we couldn't track the lead through lack of information. Mm -hmm. um, second, we were able to do a better job of steering the lead to the right part of the organization. Yep. Sometimes a lead would come in and we basically weren't with the information available. It wasn't clear, you know, where to really put that lead. And now we could really pin down with greater accuracy. This is a dealer management lead. This is a compliance lead. This is an inventory lead. So the tracking was better. The qualification was better. We knew which customers were really looking, did have budget, were decision makers. And we didn't, we could sometimes redirect customers who are all over the place and figure out where they need to go to, to talk to somebody who can give them the right solution. So this lead qualification, very, very small team, focused, trained, working off of script, made a much better, gave us a much higher quality um, lead qual process and way better tracking information. That helped us also just look at the whole, you know, marketing metrics, but that with better tracking, we had now 100% of our leads properly screened and recorded. Yep, got it. So. You know, you kind of mitigated a circumstance where somebody would come in and, you know, maybe you would end up selling them a, you know, a lower ticket price product, but maybe they were actually, you know, perfect, perfectly qualified lead for, you know, all products or higher ACV, right? Exactly. Um, I thought one other, you know, interesting point that you mentioned is that you're, you know, the, the webinar program is so successful that, you know, even even people who signed up but, but didn't attend the webinars ended up being a good source. Of yeah, that was a, that was a nice surprise. I mean, you know, you know, getting the sign up, it, it, we first started with just focusing on the folks who came to the webinar. Yep. And those were a really good source of high quality leads. And then we said, well, you know, what about these people who signed up and never showed, you know, let's try them. And they turned out to be really high quality too. Now, of course, in, to some degree, someone who signs and doesn't show could be because they're not really buying right now. Yep. But in almost all cases, those people were at least the right kind of person. And even if they weren't at the exact buy stage, they were starting to look for solutions. Or it could have just been a scheduling conflict. Mm -hmm. But for whatever the reasons were, those registrants who didn't attend, we would re-invite them to another webinar or just have the salesman follow up. And yep. they were some of our highest quality leads amongst other sources. So it was a great way to really use every bit of that webinar um, registration initial list. Got it. Um, and I think, you know, do you think that this being a vertical market that, you know, the, the educational aspect of the webinars was, you know, even that much more important or it was maybe, maybe it was easier to get the right experts, but I guess, how do you, you know, do you, how do you, how do you kind of, uh, you know, tie in the, the vertical consideration here as, as kind of listeners are thinking about a, uh, a webinar strategy. Yeah, I mean, here's, I, I think it is more important in verticals because, I mean, in, in some horizontal markets, I mean, it's, there's, it's just a little less information is needed mm -hmm. to really get at the heart of the issue. I mean, in a vertical market, these are people who really know their own business. They really are looking for solutions that are going to 
increase their effectiveness. And you can't come in here with sort of talking cookie cutter, generic kind of horizontal solutions. Yep. So I think, you know, the, the webinar gave us an opportunity to have a much deeper and richer conversation about how they do business. Mm -hmm. We can start with 15 or 20 minutes on the industry. We can go through 15 minutes more about the pain points. We can then talk about solutions that improve their process and how our products help to implement those solutions. Yep. It was almost, you know, the richness of a sales call we could now do through a marketing vehicle. You can't do that through an email. You can't do that, you know, from a phone call. Right. I mean, it was just, you know, just cold calling people. So the webinar gave us a, a really nice way of getting a deep, rich conversation about things that really matter to our customer. And for vertical sales, that's really important. You you can't talk generic. You have to be yep. very specific to their business, their pain points, and their processes. Yep. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're if you're trying to sell, you know, uh, Salesforce or, or or HubSpot, you know, your customer could be in any vertical. But you know, in this case specifically, or in a lot of vertical markets, your customers are going to know who their main competitors are. Exactly. Right? So I think another uh, interesting point uh, that you made was the the case study ads that you guys built. Yeah, that that that's a, that's a, it. Sort of worked hand in hand with the webinars. Yep. We had just made a major acquisition of a dealer management system, which was which was a real opportunity for us to really complete our whole run of the dealership product line, where we could automate every single part of the dealer. We got fantastic press from the acquisition. The company we acquired was incredibly well respected. They were ahead of the technology of the big players. Mm -hmm. They were a SaaS solution, and most of the big players were doing installed software. So after that press, we said, how do we keep the momentum going? What we did yep. was we did some case study ads, putting real dealers' faces in automotive news, you know, <laughs> once a month saying, you know, I switch to the deal, you know, dealer track DMS solution, um, and here's what I saved. Yep. you know, saved over half, you know, 70%, whatever it was. And that sort of, you know, real customers talking to customers worth their weight in gold. We got fantastic leads from those ads, but it also continued to heighten the awareness. So it just really helped people to recognize that dealer track is now in this part of the business in a really big way. And we're not just introducing a new product through our acquisition of an existing company, we already had proven success. Right. So those case study ads were a wonderful way of really bringing more people into the funnel and generating some some more high quality leads for webinars, for sales calls, whatever. Just it was a it was a very high conversion for a product ad because of that dealer to dealer credibility. Yep. And then you know again I think in that works especially well in the vertical market because somebody could could see that ad that case study and say well. You know, if this really high quality dealer, you know, had 50% cost savings and I want to be like them, you know, well, hell, I, I better at least get on a webinar and learn something about this or, you know, check it out. The secondary buying effect. And some of these guys would call the guy up. They know each other. It's like, hey, you know, <laughs> right. I, I, saw you in the, I saw you in the ad. And, right. and, and we actually had some of our, you know, dealer accounts, our dealers that we were close to say that they would get contacted by customers. You know, they're, they're, they're peers in the industry. You know, looking around for new solutions. So it was tremendously effective. And you know, if you have good customers who are, who are really moving their business well, give them some visibility. You know, they enjoy it for their business and they're sure. helping you by really showing that your solutions made a real difference economically. Yep. And they would quote, you know, actual numbers and improvement they had 
So it was a real win-win, and it deepened our relationship. So they actually wanted to be. So they actually wanted to be part of these the case studies. That it wasn't, uh, you know, because some sometimes people look to say, hey, if you know, if you guys sign on, will you agree to do this up front? Did you guys have that kind of formal agreement, or people no, were just jumping no. on board? We we asked them to do it, but we didn't yep. have a single one say no. I mean, right, you know, right. if you say, I'm going to put your picture in the main automotive trade press in an yep. ad talking about your successes. You're using our product. We didn't have anybody said they didn't want to do it. Yep. So it was, um, you know, yeah, they weren't necessarily, you know, it was our idea, but it was well-received and it was a win-win. Yep. And I think the nature in a lot of vertical markets are, you know, these customers know each other. They go to conferences together. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're sometimes, you know, they're involved in activities. So if you can get them talking to each other and get that positive word of mouth going, it's worth its weight in gold. It's better than any claim that I can make in an ad sure. to have a customer come out of his mouth. Sure. No, I, I mean, I think, I think that makes you know, a ton of sense. Um, you know, I guess finally, just to just kind of encapsulate everything we've been talking about today, you know, so, so these days you're, you're founder and CEO of, of Kalita Energy, um, you know, dealer track, uh, you know, now and, and when you were working there, uh, you know, relatively large company. Um, you know, I think a lot of you know, this is the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast, and a lot of listeners are probably a little bit of an earlier stage. Um, so now, as as kind of the, the leader of a startup, I guess how do you how do you think about you know? Are there, I guess there are, are there any learnings from the you know from the, from the webinar initiative or from some of these lead qual initiatives we've been talking about that you know that you're trying to think? Okay, how do I now apply this to my business? Definitely. And, you know, this is that's a really good question because sometimes you can look at it and say, you know, dealer track was over 200 million in sales. So there's a big company. What can we learn from them? But I, I, I really have found, you know, being in a, both large and small is that, you know, good metrics driven selling and marketing is really the same. It's just yep. a question of how much, you know, spins you can pump through it. Right. So, so what did we learn at dealer track that I apply to startups? First off, find out what's effective. Yeah. Do some testing. Gather some data. I mean, don't just keep doing one thing. Try different things. Out of it, focus in on what seems to work the best and then blow that out. Mm -hmm. You know, we could have, we ended up spending, you know, Dealer Track had, you know, a, a much nicer marketing budget than I have at a startup. Right. But you know what? We got more out of that spend. We got better results with a lower spend because we figured out what worked. So yeah. I would say do the metrics, do the testing, focus on the areas that work target effectively and then you know webinars can be done by very small companies i mean the, our best technique could be done by a nasdaq company like dealer track or something i'll be looking to do more of as we start to roll out our product and scale commercially so it's like what are things that are out of the reach of startups you know huge trade shows that stuff's out of your reach webinars aren't i mean those can yep. be done especially the tools today yeah and the email marketing to right. support it site promotions to support it these are things that don't cost a ton of money. These aren't big ad placements. They can be done very economically. Email promotions, site promotions, webinars, and, and all those things aren't huge dollar spends but have great payback. Awesome. Well, uh, Raphael, thanks so much for, for joining us today. That was uh, really insightful, I thought. Hopefully uh, listeners agree. And, yeah, just appreciate, appreciate you coming in. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for your time. All right. Okay.